Izzy and I are delighted to welcome our brand new sponsor, Core. Yes, Core offers a range of vegan vitamin sprays and capsules that help support different areas of your health. Personally, I think certain supplements on the market can be confusing. It's sometimes tough to know what combination of vitamins and minerals do what, and that's exactly why I've really enjoyed using Core's products. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Simple product names such as the energy supplement, the immunity supplement, keep the message clear when browsing what supplements to buy. And Core's mission is simple, no fuss, no confusion, and most importantly, no I couldn't agree more. For me, I found the supplement spray brilliant. I really like the convenience of a spray and uh, actually has none of that funny aftertaste of other vegan multivitamins. For me, the energy supplement was perfect. Like, it's a great way to start the day, and I find it particularly useful during those morning hours when I really struggle to get stuff done. And if you guys, our lovely listeners, want to give Cause range of products a try, then we've got a very special discount code just for you. Yeah, just simply head to their website, getcore.co.uk, choose your products, then head to the checkout and enter VPOD20 to get your 20% off. It's self-care without the bull. And welcome to Two V's and a Pod with me, Izzy the Vegan. And me, Ben's Vegan Kitchen. In this podcast, we'll walk you through the landscape of veganism through the eyes of two pretty relatable day-to-day vegans. And over the series, we plan on discussing a wide range of topics that you may have pondered upon whilst being vegan or even whilst deciding to take the step. Joining us this week is a trio of lads from sustainable clothing wear brand Reclo. These three guys are on a mission to change the way sustainability and fashion go hand in hand, with designs that not only are good for the planet, but also look great. Ollie, Joe and Will all met at uni, and we can't wait to hear about how Reclo came to fruition. Oh, and uh, stay tuned for some exciting news about a very special collab. So today on the show, we are joined by not one, not two, but three very special guests. It's the boys from Reclo, a sustainable fashion brand, and uh, we're very excited to have them on. This is the most people we have ever had on the podcast, Izzy. It's uh, it's very warm in here right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very exciting to have three people to chat to. Um, I'm very looking forward to the death row meal out of three of you as well. Knowing from the background, Ollie, you're the only one who claims to be sometimes vegan. That's correct, right? Yeah, we'll go with, uh, honestly, I'd say 90 to 95% of the time vegan and, and if any of my my mates are listening i know they're all gonna try and chuckle and give, a, give me a little bit of rubbish but 90 to 95 percent mate honestly i'll okay, back that's him solid. i'll yeah. back him on that yeah yeah, yeah. mcdonald's oh. is very vegan <laughs> oh dear oh dear it's started already uh, well, i can see how this podcast is going to go but we'll start only with yours uh so your three course death row meal are you going to stay 95 percent vegan or are you going uh you going oh, ham with some mate, ham? I'm, I'm gonna go 100 because the vegan stuff these days is actually honestly we've, we've been having this discussion it some of it's better than me anyway it really so, is isn't it yeah 100 percent. so to start off mate and, and again this one that will uh, everyone will appreciate it's got to be, it's an unusual starter, but I'd have to have a Greg's sausage roll and uh, steak bait. <laughs> vegan, vegan, vegan sausage roll, vegan steak bait. Little nice. side of uh, Bisto gravy, and it will. And uh, that'd be a nice little starter to dip it in. And then I reckon main, you know, I would go for a vegetable lasagna. If it's made wet, it's got to be a good one. It's got to be a good vegetable lasagna. But that with some vegan coleslaw and garlic bread and salad. Ooh. 
can't be beaten, honestly. But it has, does, you know when they make it, so when you make it with the uh, well, the cashew nut white sauce type thing, honestly, that, it's fair play to my mum, shout her out. She's uh, she's attempted that and she did very well. She's not a vegan herself, so she did, she did well on that. And then dessert, I'm not a sweet man, I'm a, I'm a very savoury, so I, honestly, I'd have to finish up with, um, I think it'd have to be some sweet... Uh, oh, actually, chili heat wave Doritos with some red pepper hummus. <laughs> you're going yeah. savoury. No, I'd you're, have to finish on that. Yeah, you're sweet enough, Ollie. <laughs> oh, isn't that nice? I mean, I feel like the the chili heat wave Doritos. I feel like they're quite sweet. I don't think I've had them for a while because I think they've got like zero point one percent milk powder in them. No, they're um, vegan. The chili no, heat wave are all. vegan, and they're so yeah. good. They're my fave crisps. Ben, don't come at me like that. I knew my, I knew my vegan crisps. I was just making sure you said 95% of the time it wouldn't have been a problem. But yeah, they are quite sweet. Um, and also, red pepper hummus has also got a bit of a sweetness yeah, to it. So, yeah, it's sweet. But like, you know what I mean? Like, if, you, if you're watching a film, people can get chocolate or whatever. I'd, I'd have crisp and hummus, mate. Yeah, no, I do feel you on that. I think I'm probably more of a savoury than a sweet person. But I think my key question for you after that is, are you going for the steak bake or the sausage roll if you had to choose one? Ooh. Oh God! Ooh. What do you reckon, Will? <laughs> Decisions. This is this oh, is a, a tough one. This is a hard decision. I think I'd have to go for the the vegan steak bake. No, oh, really? it's the only one I haven't tried. Yeah, yeah isn't it? Think... Isn't it? Isn't it by with? It's made by Corn, like Corn the company. The the Grey's one. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I I I would have gone sausage roll. I just Same. feel like you can I'm eat like, that. Yeah, easy mm. sausage roll. That, no That's doubt. like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. No issues. You can't have a steak bake first thing in the morning. You're a lunatic if you do you'd be, that. You'd be surprised. You'd Ooh, be surprised. Yeah. You've not been in this house, mate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, I guess we are talking to a bunch of people who are kind of from a, you know, pretty much up the north. You we call it? We can call it north, right? Cheshire, Ollie. You're from Cheshire. Yeah, right? that's, call that's me. The, call me the fake northerner, mate. Yeah, Joe's yeah. a pro- proper northerner. Diehard right. Stockport. So let's yeah, see. Yeah, we'll yeah. go to Joe then. If you are diehard Stockport, you are northern. I'm very intrigued <laughs> as to your as to your death row meal. What's it going to be? So the the starter is the one that I struggle with most, to be honest, because I never really get starters. But I reckon I'd go for something like maybe like some really nice nachos. Um, and then main, I'd probably have to go Christmas dinner because that's the best meal of the year for me. Yes. Uh, what well, with everything, like all oh, the... Everything, mate, everything. I don't know why we don't do it more often. It should be like a daily thing, not just a Christmas thing. Um, loads mate, of... there's absolutely nothing stopping you from eating that every day of the week. <laughs> oh, there is, there is, there is. It's my cooking skills. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then for dessert, I'd probably go... Um, I do love cookie dough, so I'd go for a cookie dough, I reckon. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I used to work in um, Pizza Hut when I was younger, and that's where the addiction started, the free cookie doughs. <laughs> oh, you would just eat it? You'd get it for free at the end of your shift, so obviously that's if it's so there, good. you're going to eat it. Yeah, you're going to eat it, right? So, yeah, go for that, go for that. Cool, which will go last but not least, obviously, Will. I know you're desperate. I can see you're, like, eager to go. <laughs> I'm to go, guys. <laughs> just waiting. Let's let's hear it. What what's the three courses? Well, I guess it's I, I'm gonna have to agree with Ollie in the sense that I I'd, I'd probably go for a Greg's vegan sausage roll, which I'd never actually tried before. I lived with the Northerners actually. Um, I never really had a Greg's actually, um, but <laughs> he's right. It's just the salt that just makes it so much better. There's no need for meat after that, is there? And then Bisto gravy on the side. That's also living with Northerners. I've got to have that on almost every meal I have at the moment. So yeah, I definitely definitely start off with that, and then. 
I guess my cooking is just entirely spice and garlic. It just masks all the bad <laughs> flavours. So I'd go for a pasta alla norma. It sounds really fancy, but ever heard of it? It's, have you heard of um, Ottolenghi before? Oh, oh yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get oh, I'm for aware. those that are unfamiliar. Is he getting this, the book out? This old chip, yes. that's how prepared I am, guys. <laughs> ah, okay. What, what's, in the, what's in the alla norma then? So it's got, let me see, it's got six garlic cloves, which is the entirety of the taste. That's all you need. And a bit of chilli powder, aubergine, roasted aubergine, actually. Ooh. And then tin tomatoes, just let it, like, boil for an hour or so. And then there we go. You're good to sounds go. Sounds unreal. That sounds so good. good. I think good. I'm going to have to make that. And it, sounds, it looks really sophisticated as well. It's not that hard, but <laughs> it looks like I can actually cook. Uh, it is really good. He leaves it out a lot, like cooling down, ready to pack it away for for tomorrow's lunch. And yeah, I might have a little. I'll admit it, Will. I might have a little spoonful now and then. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do use about half the cooking utensils in the process. About six pans, so it's not not the not the cleanest thing, but classic. And, and dessert. How are you finishing it off? Oh, I do. Tough one. I do love. I do have my sweet uh, sweet tea. So I'll probably go for. A, I'll go for a brownie, but a vegan one, just to keep it PG here. Yeah, because it's nice and. <laughs> Um, no, but in all fairness, all the all the vegan brownies I've had are really like gooey. They're only ones that you can maintain that softness with. I found um, all the other ones are pretty cakey. So, all in all, thumbs up for vegan brownies. I would definitely agree. And, <laughs> and uh, Izzy, I think that's the longest death row meal since we did ours, which uh, ended up being so. about twenty minutes long. It was a bit ridiculous. We uh, we both went for like three dishes in each like category. It was getting a bit ridiculous we got shouted out afterwards by the producer <laughs> yeah we we went a little bit crazy um but obviously you guys are here not to talk about food we had to get you chatting about food for a bit because we can't help it but you are here to talk about sustainable clothing um so i think our audience would love just to have like a little introduction about how it all started out because i know you guys met at uni lockdown give us like a little bit of background about this yeah, so uh, it's it's um I suppose it's it's quite a little romantic story, I guess. Um in, in that basically um we've all moved down to do an industrial placement in London. Um kind of got I'll say lumped together, kind of. Basically we did the classic um they made a group for all the industrial placement students, you know, you did the Facebook stalk, who looks the most normal. Um, looking at us now, I think we're really not normal, and knowing them, we're definitely not normal. <laughs> but they hid it well, and we looked the most normal. So we um, all moved in together down in London, and then, oh yeah, obviously pandemic did what the pandemic did. We couldn't go anywhere, couldn't really do much. We've not been in office once, and I've always wanted to start sort of like a sustainable brand as such. Maybe a little bit less on the streetwear, but Joe's really into streetwear. So, you know, we got talking about the idea and Joe likes streetwear. I like the idea of making some sustainable stuff. I've Often in the past, people will see me, people from uni and stuff will know I'd, I'm probably going to out myself here for those who don't know me. Walk around with a few bootleg, uh, bootleg sweatshirts and stuff that I'd upcycled and just put on like an Adidas logo or something. <laughs> <laughs> save, the, save the cash and save the planet. You know, you're winning. Um, so we just kind of went for it. We've got, Will's got some creative mates who live down in the city. You know, we're thinking we're in the creative city. We've always wanted to do it. And suddenly we had time on our hands. You know, I think uni, you have a lot of time on your hands. Yes, don't get me wrong. But half the time you're hungover, aren't you? Or you're in bed or you're at the library. So... <laughs> So your priorities are very much off. And, you know, we were doing sort of nine to five days. We had a rhythm. And then after five, there was nothing to do. So it was a great way to sort of exert that creative energy and to probably stop us from going insane in the in the London flat, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with Ollie. I think we were... 
I, I mean, I don't want to say we were lucky for having the pandemic because it's been horrible in many ways, but I think we were definitely lucky to have it at the period of time that we did with setting up kind of the brand because you've you have kind of the boys will agree you've got to go about 100 miles an hour for a few months and if you don't have the time then it's very difficult but I think like Ollie's already alluded to we were you know we obviously had the time on our hands and it just gave us something to focus on honestly after work and on the weekends um it's good to just have something to focus on so so that that was kind of where it stemmed from i think the thing that like obviously you guys have a lot of information about yourselves that you know we've discussed before this podcast but i think the thing that like interested me the most is kind of what you guys are studying so if i can read it out here ollie you are studying uh, chemical engineering uh, joe you are studying biomedical sciences and will you are studying uh economics and biology so uh, a little bit far away from i kind of guess uh, sustainable streetwear will what was it about this whole thing for you that you know because obviously as you said you've got free time at uni so it's a nice thing to do but it is a, a long way away from what you guys are all studying yeah it is, it is really well to be fair to me on my so on my placement i'm actually within the sustainability department so it's obviously it's a very kind of up and coming important issue to all of us so I just kind of jumped on the bandwagon these boys. I, I wanted to get involved as well. Um, all I came up with the idea, I was like, you know what, I can chip in with that. I guess it gave me a chance to kind of draw some pictures as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think what we've learned is most, we, all three of us have got a little bit of perhaps creative energy in ourselves. And I think I've always realised a little bit, you know, like in the family, we've got a few artists and stuff, but I've always gone down the mathematical route and doing all that stuff. So it's kind of nice that it's it's not a, a job it's not a task it's more of a hobby to design t-shirts and stuff so in the past it very much has been so again i'd, I'd sort of make some um like iron on iron on emblems and stuff and i'd just design them myself or for the for the uni footy teams i'd design the logo and stuff it was very much just a fun way to thing to do outside of my uni time and when you're looking at a lot of numbers and stuff anything creative is a nice output uh, no matter what you're doing whether it's chemical engineering or the bio biomedicine or or um will's subjects as well it's i think everyone has that little bit of creativity it's just about tapping into it i reckon so if it came to music and stuff you know like we're not a boy band as you can tell <laughs> uh, <laughs> not none of us have got a clue what's going on when we uh, try and sing and stuff but and then I think he, Joe, we, Joe with his headset looks like he could be on stage yeah, with Westlife right he, now. He came prepared. Fire in the booth. Um, <laughs> but no, I agree with Ollie. And I, I think there's a lot of, um, just alluding back to the, the subjects and stuff, there's a lot of transferable skills that you probably don't realise that you have anyway. Um, I think to, to have an interest in, you know, the environment and stuff, um, I think it's important to to kind of have some knowledge about how those sort of, uh, you know processes of climate change and things like this actually work otherwise you know it's like in one ear and out the other so I think you know probably learned quite a lot on my course about that but also just skills like you know there's other skills that you require outside of creativity like you know time management or just generally working hard so I, I think we had a lot of sort of transferable skills as well which have really helped and we complement each other nicely because we can't all do the same sort of things um you know these boys are definitely more creative than I am for example um so so yeah so it works well how do you guys ensure that your brand is sustainable because I think I mean I personally find it all a bit of a minefield when I'm looking to order clothes or looking at what brand I'm going to shop from is it sustainable is it not are they greenwashing 
is that there's just like so many different aspects of fashion that aren't sustainable. So how do you make sure you're ticking all those boxes? How do you source all the right materials? Make sure people are being paid the right amount. Are you sourcing from the UK abroad? I mean, I think I've asked about 50 questions in one there, but I guess that shows how complex it is. No, yeah, I think I agree. It's it's a really complex issue. And I think this is one of the things that for me has been a big driver wanting to get into it over the years. I've always... Um, you know, I've been quite into wearing my Carhartt stuff and Palace and things like that. And I've always wanted to find a sustainable brand that was actually sustainable. Not just like, so I don't want to out anyone or anything. Well, who cares? They're a massive corporation. But let's say Nike, for example. Really nice clothes. And they've started doing like, you can drop your shoes off there and they'll recycle them. Or they've started doing some lines that are sustainable. A bit like Adidas as well. Or I think Adidas are a lot better. Well, if they can do some lines that are sustainable, why doesn't the whole company just go sustainable? Clearly they can do it. And if anything, it's more in demand at the minute anyway. So when they do half and half, for me, that that's one that winds me up. And then another one is that, that was winding me up is when I did want to try and do buy something sustainable, it would either have a slogan on it, which I perfectly agree with. So, for example, there's no planet B. I completely <laughs> agree. Or go vegan or you know what I mean vegan till I die yeah right I get it but <laughs> you're not going to see me what ro- ro- rocking around uni in one of those tops so there's nothing like that and then I almost think that screams green greenwashing as well like you know like, you don't have to throw it in people's face that it's sustainable and then the other one is they're either really expensive right you know sort of 90 pounds for a t-shirt saying no names like, I've tried one and they are really brilliant quality, but how are people meant to afford to shop sustainably if it's if it's so expensive? It's just not... It's not accessible, is it? It's, so, it's the same thing with electric cars. You know, you can get an electric car, but they're, they're double the price, triple the price as a normal car, and it's like, well, how can you afford to be sustainable and, you know, electric... You know, buy an electric car and environmentally friendly when, you know, the same car is 30 grand less uh, for the petrol or diesel version? Yeah, so so to loop back to the question of how we make sure it's sustainable, that's the reason we wanted to do it, and that's the reason it's so key that we want to make sure it is, because we don't want to be another one of those brands who's either doing half and half, greenwashing a little bit, or just completely ripping you off. I think it's very much about trust, so we've built up a really good relationship with, with um, I won't say names just in case we've got to tell off for it, but a supplier in Bath, and there's a guy there who's, who's a really great guy who, who helps us source all of, all of our stuff. Um, and he, you know, so that's a, a printing company that's completely sustainable, uses water-based inks and all the things like that. And then also what we are doing now, because I agree, sometimes it's very much you've got to trust a company. So, for example, let's say there's Stanley Stella who make blanks. In the future, we'd want to make our own clothes and have our own factories. But at the minute, that's not feasible. You have to very much through conversations with them trust that what they say about their company is correct. Now, they have a lot of accreditations to show that and, and to show that they are sustainable. So you can trust them. But I think one thing we're key and we're really looking forward to working on is working with some government-backed initiatives to complete some life cycle analysis on all of our products so that we really know on a value of, you know, kilograms of carbon, how how much carbon would it produce and how much would, if anything, would we need to offset and how can we minimise it as, as much as possible. So I think it is a minefield, it's a tough one, but if you're willing to put the time into it to understand things, and don't get me wrong... Wow, we've stepped on a few bombs. Um, you know, we've we've done a few things wrong that we've had to correct. 
Um, for example, we've been greenwashed ourselves in trying to order packaging. So we thought um, originally that, you know, you see it all the time, cornstarch packaging, for example, is amazing for the environment and it's compostable. Found out actually through deeper, deeper research and a friend that, you know, okay, it's made from plant-based polymers, but the compostable bit is, yes, it's compostable in a furnace at about 100 degrees Celsius in an industrial furnace and even then does it make it to that furnace i don't know so we had to do a complete u-turn on that and, and actually call up the company and we were like well you've you've missed sold haven't you you and we're guilty of that you know i think everyone it, it shouldn't be on us or the consumer to have to figure all these things out it should just be really clear yeah it should be i mean literally i think it was yesterday i got a delivery from co-op and they delivered it for everyone I think most people are going to know but I'm in isolation so this is why I'm getting deliveries and they delivered it in a compostable bag and I put it on my story just saying how great is this they're delivering in compostable bags this is great and then I actually had someone in my dms explaining kind of what you just explained that actually it may be compostable but it actually doesn't get composted at all and it gave me all this information on it and I was like okay now I know that but at first I wouldn't have known that I would have just thought great it's not plastic it's compostable this is great whereas now I'm going to try and reuse it I'm going take it to my zero waste shop and apparently they have something to do with it um but yeah it's kind of crazy yeah and i think is he you know no one should feel guilty for that you know you're trying and i think part of it is it's a very new it's a new space that's blown up which brilliant you know another thing that's if we take positives from a pandemic definitely over this last year just all this sustainable stuff perhaps rightly or wrongly i think a lot of businesses who actually want to help have come out the the cracks but then also Perhaps some businesses have seen opportunity. Either way, as long as it's going sustainable, all right, whatever, whatever your motivations are, do it. But I think, like I say, it's new. So, for example, there's now accreditations that they're putting in place that you can stick on that says it is home compostable. But that just didn't exist probably six months ago. Um, so it, it, I think everyone is learning. And it's just as long as you're trying your best and, and to make sure. And so, for example, us conducting life cycle analysis and, and stuff and, and really making sure we know where the materials are coming from. And in an ideal world, we'd, we'd get out to some of the plants where they manufacture the stuff and we can actually check ourselves, right? But again, <laughs> pandemic allowing, um, that's another one that, that's, that's a bit slowed off. But for now, what we've got to trust is the accreditations, the relationships we've built one-to-one -one with, with some of the representatives. I mean, they'd be very good salespeople, um, to be honest, if they've completely pulled the wool over our eyes. But I think through our research and speaking to different people, just through resources like LinkedIn and things and the connections we've made at work, I think we're quite confident that for the, for the most part, and again, I won't agree, we're probably not perfect. I think no one's ever perfect. There's always things you can improve on we are quite sure that most of our stuff is as sustainable as possible and i think it's just things like um putting in the initiative to have the circular economy do you know so we, we've we've made sure that it's possible that people can send t-shirts back to us if if they wish to do so we put in that was another learning we'd put in a minimum of six months wear it for six months and then send back uh through our research with a company we realized well you're kind of encouraging fast fashion just less guilty um, if you do that so what you should actually do is promote high quality products which we do with high quality prints that are going to last you know you can probably argue they're going to last 10 years as long as you want but also understanding that sometimes people do you know like me tell you what put on quite a lot of weight this year i've got t-shirts i'm not going to be able to wear now <laughs> that are going to have to go somewhere so given we need 
even though you want people to wear things for longer, giving giving people the opportunity if they can't for whatever reason um, to to return them is another one, no, just another way of feathering our cap of how we're trying to make sure it is sustainable as possible. One thing at the top of both Ben and I's list is looking after the planet and our sponsors core have the same intention. Not only are all their products 100% vegan, but also their packaging is FSC certified, helping maintain our world's forests. Their supplements are all palm oil free and all the materials used are 100% recyclable. And one of my favourite things about Core is they plant trees with every purchase you make. This means they're a carbon neutral workforce. That's actually so good. And they've already planted 882 trees and have removed 63 tonnes of CO2 from the atmosphere. This is the equivalent to 191 square metres of sea ice saved. It's incredible. Cool, those stats, I love it. Don't forget to check them out on Instagram at get underscore core or head over to getcore.co.uk to purchase your products and use VPod20 for 20% off your order. Yeah, I think I think just to add to what Ollie was saying as well about the prices of clothes, that's something that I'm quite passionate about. Um, and Ben, you made a good point on the electric car companies and stuff. Um, what you see a lot of now, which is kind of, I think, the wrong the wrong way to do it, is you see a lot of these sustainable companies, like Ollie has said, amazing clothes, amazing products, amazing technologies. But then, you know, surely if you're charging X amount, you're just pricing people out. So how sustainable are you? Do you really want people to shop sustainably or do you want to make a profit? Um, and I, I think, Izzy, to go back to your question... One of the hardest things that we've had, probably, um, is we've realised actually how expensive it is to make sustainable clothes. Um, I, I, I mean, it's probably, I'm going to make an estimate of probably 10 times as expensive. Um, but we don't see that as an excuse to raise prices. We want our clothes to be affordable. Because um, I think it's so important that we give people choices. Um, and I think it's important to remember as well, you know, whether we like it or not, not everyone is as passionate about the environment as us. So the idea would be, and I was shocked by this, when we were originally doing research, you look into some of these so-called, you know, streetwear brands that everyone loves um, and they're not sustainable at all. They're awful for the environment. So we don't want to make a compromise on people's style. We don't want people to have to make a compromise. You know, we don't want to force people to go and shop at, you know, these fast fashion places because they can't afford our stuff. So... The other thing that I was going to mention with the electric car companies is you see companies like Tesla now, all their technologies aren't patented, so anyone can use them. Um, you know, if, if I think Elon Musk said, if someone wants to make an electric car that's better than ours, that's good for the environment. But you see a lot of clothes companies now who have honestly developed the most amazing sustainable technologies and no other clothes company can use them because they're patented. So it's kind of, you know, I think I think we have to make a decision between... If, if we start to create sustainable brands that are affordable for everyone, then I think the need to go and shop at these fast fashion places would disappear, basically. Yeah, it's interesting, obviously, you say about the patenting. Uh, it's something that actually I only learned yesterday by talking to you guys um, about, was it like leather out of grapes? But yeah, I think 
you know people need to be uh, doing it for the right reasons rather than the wrong reasons um but something you brought up there just before is obviously that not everyone is as passionate about sustainability as you know potentially you three or us five or whoever else you know everyone has their own um levels of like passion towards these things like it's something that i think generationally like um, Generation X, as they're called, or Z, or whatever it is. Like, is it Z or X? I don't bloody know. I don't know, mate. <laughs> I'm sure, no I'm idea. Sure. Didn't tell you. You're, what, you're, what, you're what? a different generation to us, anyway. So don't put us yeah, in that cheers, bucket. Cheers, Joe. Thank you very much. Um, but no, that's kind of what actually I was going to ask because the the thing that I really like about Reclo and, and kind of like what you do is that like there's kind of hidden messages in the clothing itself. So you know, visually you see like a really cool like multicolored pattern but it's actually it's an oil spill in the ocean or you see uh, like jellyfish but it's actually like plastic bags so things like that like have people got the message or are you trying to do it in like a kind of like pseudo like subliminal way or like is it out there like you know is that the idea like this um, is what it is yeah I, I think it's not subliminal but I think like Ollie was saying before we have to be careful about you know, we don't want T-shirts that basically say, you know, I am a vegan or, you know, I am a tree hugger on. We want the T-shirts to be cool because we don't want we don't want people to have to make a compromise to their style, if that makes sense. But I mean, I wouldn't say it's subliminal because it's I think it's pretty, you know, the, the way we name our drops and stuff. Um, but like I say, I think it's getting the balance right between you know, there's a sustainable message on the T-shirt, but if you don't really care about sustainability, you've still managed to shop sustainably and you've it's been affordable. And do you know what? You've still got a sustainable message on your T-shirt. So I think I think that's what we're trying to get. It would be great if, like, if one day we get, get, to be, get to the point where people start buying our T-shirts and then they don't even really realise it's necessarily sustainable. And then they realise, oh, actually, I've contributed yeah. to sustainability in this sense. I know quite a lot of my mates who wouldn't, like when I told them I was doing a sustainable streetwear brand, they were like, oh, that's a bit lame. Like, why do you, eco warrior, tree hugger? But like, little do they know, half of them are all wearing these t-shirts <laughs> and like, yeah, and then they actually like the style, they love it. And then there's just a subtle meaning behind it. And I guess that's what we really, we want to be a pioneer in that industry. We really do believe that we can be the first. I mean, going back to your question, Izzy, it's really hard to be sustainable straight away. And I wouldn't say we were straight off sustainability, but we've learned along the way. It's been like a journey for us. and. For example, when Ollie said the packaging, that was a massive thing for us. We adapted and we changed to that. It's just like a learning curve along the way. And eventually we do, yeah, we really want to be a fully sustainable brand. And we believe we can do it. Yeah, and I think just to completely firm the point, a lot of our mates uh, would not even bat an eyelid at sustainability. Like, in fact, I think I've been on a few nights out where it's like I'll have a few beers and then I'll start going on about some some sustainable stuff and it's like, Ollie, mate, just... <laughs> <laughs> I love that, I love that. Not, not, not at this table, fella, not at this table, you know what I mean? You have the lads now, you just drink your beer and, and have a laugh. And I'm like, oh, yeah, but like, do you not think it's just so stupid? And then they'll be like, nah, nah, don't really care, mate. And the idea is we want to get fashion that looks good enough that people don't even realise or care, they're going to buy it because it looks cool. So then you've actually put clothes on the back of people who don't actually give, you know, two shits about sustainability. 
which is even better because you put the you put sustainable clothes on their back without them even almost realizing i was going to say that's what ben and i tend to talk about a lot with a lot of our guests is like the biggest market is like the people that don't care about veganism or don't care about sustainability or don't care about what you want them to care about because there's so many more of them and the people that do care they're going to buy it so who you're reaching out to has got to be those people that do not care and you've got to find a way to either make them care or just make them do what you want them to do without caring anyway so then the impact and change happens yeah exactly and have you seen like obviously the reaction to it like i know with your last drop like i mean i I mean this in obviously the nicest way possible but you guys are still like really small there's only a couple of you you know you've not got 30 40 000 followers on instagram and i was shocked at the numbers that you sold of the last drop and it like it blew me away and i'm sure it blew you guys away as well because you sold out everything and there was a lot of pieces so like has the reaction just in general to the clothing been super positive on that i think we're really fortunate that the, the through the three of us we've got some brilliant mates who've told mates of mates and I think what's worked really well is a lot of our mates are at uni and being good mates, they've told their mates and mates who they live with, you know, if you live in a house of six, then their mates would buy it. And then, so that's how it started. And then what we've actually noticed now is you, we have had a, because this is a key thing we wanted to monitor is how many random people, right? Okay, it's brilliant. Our mate's going to buy it, whether they like it or not. But along the way, our, I suppose, random outreach has increased a lot. And we had a situation the other day where one of Joe's mates went to a pub in Leeds and some random barman said to him about his Reclo t-shirt. He was like, oh yeah, that Reclo brand's cool. And and, he, and his Joe's mate was like, gobsmacked. Like, <laughs> well, how many years this? He was like, what, you know Reclo? And he's like, yeah, I've, I've followed him for a while now. This is a completely random guy. Yeah. So just hearing that is, is so wicked. And yeah, honestly... Credit to mates and all those who have bought, like shout out to all them and shared it. But now it's sort of getting into random people. It, it, it is uh, it's surreal, to be honest. And I just hope, I think this we take it one drop at a time, right? We just hope we can keep it going. If we don't, we've given it a good shot. We've made, I think we've made some pretty cool stuff that we would wear at an affordable price. So we're just, yeah, just keeping it. You know, probably the, the massive cliche, right, of just seeing how it goes and and. and being happy with whatever happens the growth we have had i know we've not got like thirty thousand, forty thousand. maybe that'll happen maybe it won't i think it's more what we've learned again learning all the way is some brands who are trying to be sustainable you can go on their account they'll have forty thousand followers how many likes do they get 30 40 do you know as long as we're getting 100 plus likes on a photo we we are happy with the the follower stuff to be honest and just just quickly going back to you, like you said, Ben, at the start, we are we are a very small brand, we're very up and coming. But at the start, it was very much an organic following. We didn't actually tell our friends about it. So although we did rely on them quite heavily for the first couple of drops, but w- when it was first founded, we didn't really like let our friends know about it. And we just slowly saw like the algorithms worth. Slowly, you see our mates piling into like the following list, and they'd have no idea it was us. And it really fantastic. And then as soon as I shared it on my story, went one day. I got like 10 of my mates being like, oh, I had no idea this was you. This is awesome. Like, fair play. I took the piss out of you like last month for even like considering it. Now this is like a really sick brand. But Yeah. And and to go, you've got a, a really good point there, Will. We actually started off, we were actually a bit embarrassed, genuinely, um, to share it to our mates straight off. Like, one, we were embarrassed of failure. Like, what if we, you know, it just goes to absolute shit and nothing happens of it and we just thought it's really embarrassing. But two, like, you know, you always get shut down from these sustainable conversations and stuff, right? So we probably built up about 700 organic followers. And then after that, I was like, do you know what? 
well, in a way, in all honesty, it was like, no, that's not too embarrassing, is it? Having 700 followers already. And then it was like, right, we'll just share the hell out of it. And then they started flooding in. But the problem, like, actually bit us in the backside because no one realised it was our brand. Because <laughs> they were like, they were like, this stuff looks really good and you've got a few followers. Like, this can't be, this can't be Ollie, Will or Joe. Like, so it, it, it actually did have a bit of a backlash. But then we made it clear that it was ours and, and then the support's just rocketed from there, really. And, and the key there, again, is to anyone who does want to try it and start it, We've had so such good support. Why we were ever even embarrassed or, you know, double thinking about it was just ridiculous anyway. But that's just the, the honest truth of how it happened with the followers and stuff. Yeah, I think as well, just on the growth thing, um, and Izzy and Ben, you'll, I mean, you'll probably appreciate this. Honestly, surprisingly to me, the hardest thing has been the social media. And I think that if there wasn't three of us... You know, it, we're very fortunate in the fact there's three of us to do. We could, if we want, we can be doing three very different things at the same time and moving forward. But I think if you were one person, the social media, the ordering, the logistics, the packaging, it's hard work. you know, ev- everything. Um, so I, I guess we've been not lucky because we, we chose to go into it together for this reason. But you can kind of go at three times the speed of, of one person, if that makes sense. Yeah, and not to mention, obviously, again, Ben, we were talking about TikTok, right? <laughs> well, you can you, you can get, like, not many views on a video and then suddenly something will absolutely pop off and just trying to understand all that without paying money to someone who's an expert in it is, yeah, is, uh, yeah uh, tic- the time TikTok, it takes. TikTok's uh, still a myth. I went from 100 followers to 20,000 in one week and I was like, <laughs> I don't know what happened. I don't know what I've done, but... Help uh, us. I, I wish I could. I, I don't know what the answer is. Just make make noodles. Noodles seem to work really well for me. So yeah, honestly, I don't think anyone knows the answer on TikTok. I think Instagram's maybe a bit more predictable. Um, but again, I, I was I was speaking to someone about this the other day. It's almost like the magic circle. If you know how to crack Instagram, you don't give up your secrets for free. You know, what I mean, you're going to set yourself up consultancy and make money out of it, which. I do kind of get. I do kind of get. Well, that's so, what you see. Everyone, everyone with a following on TikTok is always like, "I'll oh, follow my Instagram. Check me out on Instagram. Go to my Instagram." Because they're they're desperate for it because they know there's more, um, like clout. I suppose. Um, you know, I've literally got the same amount of followers now on both. Like on yeah, both platforms. Yeah, I noticed that the other day. Um, was- yeah, I got thirty on both, and I turned thirty this week. So yeah, obviously, it's the universe. <laughs> hey. The universe pointing uh, towards something, but. Um, what what drops? I mean, maybe I know the answer, and maybe this is a little bit of a of a shameless plug. But what drops do you guys have uh, coming up? Well, Joe, well, um, you want to release? Um, well, so we've got um, we've got a drop coming out soon. Uh, we won't put a date on it yet, just in case. Um, but very soon, um, ice themed. Um, and Ben, I think I think you've had a, a finger in the reclo pie, so to speak. Um, so, uh, <laughs> well, look, I mean, I think you know the the sort of cats out of the bag a little bit. We're doing a little mini collab for the next drop, which is really exciting. Um, look, even oh, Izzy's I don't like, even what? Know wow. that. I'm finding out at the same time. Well, actually, no. There I'll you go. Now they'll find out Friday. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Obviously, everything that you guys sort of spoke about, and you know that you've kind of spoken about more now, um, like just really rung true with me and. You know, I was interested to see like what I guess you know my audience is like when it comes to like merchandise. Like, I'm not interested in like the money. 
Um, like for me, anything that I could earn through this, like I've said, you know, we're donating it to a charity, um, which is really cool because I think we're donating it to a charity that is a. Uh, like they, they they're in like the arctic they're like doing research to help like environmental things and things like that so for me it's a really cool little thing and uh yeah all i'll say is sort of stay tuned and uh keep your eyes peeled because that next one's going to be uh going to be excited and uh super limited edition as well so uh, very very that's that's very. one of the keys of our things is we want to keep the limited exclusivity um so yeah gonna have to be quick on those uh be fast. Ben's, ben's vegan kitchen t-shirts <laughs> let me tell you that and they are very nice, not to plug it even more, but to be fair... They're I, wicked. There are some good comments on them. To, to be fair, I actually... I, I, I was wearing it yesterday because I have to. And my sister, who I've not seen for a while, she she came around and she was like, oh, I really like your T-shirt. Where is it from? I was like, well, it's... I was like, it's mine. She was like, what it's do you mean? T-shirt. She, did, she didn't know. Like, I didn't tell her. I was. I haven't really mentioned it to many people um, because obviously I wanted to wait sh- until uh, we actually had, like, physical products and whatnot. But she was like, yeah, that's really cool. Like, just... It, it's a nice t-shirt and i guess it goes full circle to what you guys have said like it's just stuff that looks really nice and can be worn by anyone with a bit of a fashion sense really exactly and it's got a deeper meaning right and it's it's like all art you know people can interpret it different ways so again just obviously it's ice theme so the drop number three that we're doing is called melting point the idea of this theme as you you know there's a running theme throughout all of ours is is focused on climate change this one's about melting glaciers ice caps and ice sheets and things like that and the idea is that all the designs you'll see will kind of play on that you know we're not going to say the ice is melting in big capital letters but (laughs) it plays on that it looks cool but it plays on the fact that you know this is something that's actually happening this is something you need to think about and and through our instagram and stuff for sure you'll see we're trying to now educate you know, before the drop, we'll say, well, this is what's given us the idea for this one. We'll put a few images and say a bit of drop ideation. So, you know, we've been reading about how some news and something in the news that's changed. How You know, there's some great research that's just come out on how fast these glaciers are actually melting. And we'll we'll write about that just to try and it looks cool on the feed. You know, it looks cool on the feed. But then also, if you want to read more, you can learn more about how you can help and why it actually is so significant so this one's ice themed coming very soon so do stay tuned and yeah we got a got a collab with ben's vegan kitchen on that one so big up so where can people find you if they are wanting to kind of keep up to date what's your instagram website where can't they find us (laughs) (laughs) walk down the high street everyone's wearing it is (laughs) now um so best one for us that we're we're keeping up to date as, as best as possible is our instagram so it's Reclo, so R-E-C-L-O underscore streetwear. And um, that's where we put most of our energy into keeping update. We've got a website, which is just a big cartel website. That's linked on, on our Instagram. And then we're trying to get the TikTok going. But like I say, it's a myth. TikTok's a myth. So <laughs> we think we've done some pretty cool videos, but they're just not popping quite yet. But may, hey, maybe it'll happen someday. So Instagram's the one to, to get us if you, if you want to keep following and, and learn more. And we're, we're pretty active on there. That's our main output. We've got a Facebook page, but to be honest, that's just linked to the Instagram. So it's the same thing. Anyway, that's that's just for our parents, let's be honest. <laughs> and, and, and grandmas and granddads and so forth, cousins. That's all the Facebook page is for. But we have got a lot of likers on that. But yeah, main place, Instagram, to, to stay tuned. And that is where we just batter all of the information you need. I think as well, just on the, on the Instagram, if... 
we're like Ollie says, we're always very active on there. If anyone wants to drop us a message and learn more, um, we're always more than happy to speak to people personally. We love it. So drop us a message if you want to as well. Amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's been super great having you guys on. Um, just hearing you speak so passionately about something that's so important is great. So yeah, uh, I I really hope that everyone's sort of listening to this and uh, sort of learns a thing or two as well because I definitely have. Uh, Izzy, you look very much like you've learned some stuff as well. Am um, I looking very clever and educated? Very clever, yeah. well, I've seen you. I've seen you wear glasses before, so I've seen you look smarter than this. Well. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was super interesting, guys. And uh, obviously, yeah, stay tuned for the next drop. And uh, yeah, lots of luck for the future your way, because uh, I, I predict big things for you boys. So yeah. Can't wait to see what's next, guys. Thank you so much. And thanks for having us on. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you for listening. What Reclo are doing is so refreshingly positive and we really think they're going places. Owen oh, Ben, save me a t-shirt. You can follow their page at Reclo underscore streetwear to keep up with the latest from the boys and their next drop, which is coming real soon. This show was produced and edited by Callum Goddard Mocklow for Apricot Audio. And we'll be back next week with another episode for you. But in the meantime, please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast available on all podcast platforms such as Apple, Spotify and Acast. And if you want to keep up to date with all the latest happenings, then remember to follow us both on Instagram at IzzyTheVegan and at Ben's Vegan Kitchen. We'll see you next week. See you later.